This is pro strongman Lawrence the Warrior Chalet, 10 times world's strongest man competitor and Europe's strongest man 2016. You are listening to Powerhouse Action Sports. On this episode, Denzel and I are going to be watching the 2016 Heat 4 competition from the world's strongest man. And you can do a watch along. The episode's available right now on YouTube. And if you haven't checked out the 2017 Heat 5 we did about a year ago, it's available in my archives. What's going on, Benzel? Oh, I'm good, man. Just uh, another day, right? That's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you... so uh, we'll, uh, we'll watch this and... I'll comment on it as we go, and then, yeah, feel free to chime in. I know we got some, probably have some uh, commercials and downtime and whatnot throughout it. Yeah. Yeah, this episode's available on YouTube, so feel free to watch along with us when we say uh, go. That's when we're going to hit play and join us, and here we go. You ready? I'm ready. All right, go. All right, so... Um, so everybody knows we started like right at like 40 seconds in the video so you can get in the same space but um, so until this gets going I'll kind of lead up to this so this was my first World Strongest Man competition um, if you would have told me like literally the year before this that I would be competing in World Strongest Man the next year I wouldn't have believed it for a second um, I kind of feel like I, I fell into it a little bit got definitely got lucky a little bit to, uh, to get invited to World Strongest Man in 2016, but um, what happened is I I got invited to Giants Live USA in 2016 um, because I had done a Giants Live qualifier in 2015 and in Indiana for it, uh, Core Fitness Club that you know they put on they put on the Giants Live USA contest the last like four years and uh, ended up not being able to go to a giant slide contest from that. So I got invited to giant slide to USA 2016. Um, I ended up getting, I think fourth place and kind of, I got invited as a, as an alternate, but knew I was competing like right when I got there. That's got me on the screen right now. Um, it was kind of a weird year. I had a lot of stuff going on personally. Um, in the middle of a middle of a lot of stuff so it wasn't really in like the greatest shape of my life but couldn't turn down a chance to go to world like he was an alternate and luckily got to compete had a slightly rougher year at world than than i would have liked um the first event they're going to show here that is going to be the the barrel loading race um, I'll talk about it a little bit more, but uh, in um, familiarization, the day before the contest, you test out the events and whatnot, and everybody was having a ton of trouble with these barrels. They were like 30-gallon um, oil drums, so they have they, they have like a sharp little lip on the top and bottom of the barrel, and basically nowhere to get a hold of. They're too big to get your arms all the way around them to even try to bear hug them, anything like that. And they're taller than a normal sandbag. And then you can see right now, um, 
the announcers in the dirt that we had to carry them on. So we had, they ended up having this like really fine layer of dirt and dust all over all over them. So they were slick. Um, when you pick the barrels up, most people were resting them on like what I did is I rested on my leg and then tried to get a, a grasp on it from there. And I actually had a, a pretty big hematoma on my leg from the day before just testing them out. So not real comfortable going into the event, um, but everybody was struggling with them. This is actually um, a year that there was controversy, well, one of the years there was controversy around Eddie Hall at World's Strongest Man. Eddie dislocated his finger during familiarization on one of the barrels. And so instead of saying, tough luck, Eddie, you're just a competitor here like everybody else. Um, if anybody else did that, they'd just be stuck with it. Eddie actually got the barrel the barrel switched out to sandbags. So some people have had a standard 275-pound iron mine sandbag they were carrying. The other groups had these god-awful barrels. Um, I've had some sort of loading race at World Strongest Man every time I've gone, and plenty of loading races, plenty of loading events. And these were by far the worst I've ever tried. Um, just like an absolute nightmare to try to use. Um, I I can't imagine, I mean, I, I heard some other comments and whatnot, but I can't imagine that there's ever been an implement used at World Strongest Man for a loading race that was quite as difficult as these barrels. Um, some people did all right with them. I think um, Martin Luisus actually, he just dominated everybody across the board. He's not in this heat, but he just flew through them. Um, he just, he just kind of picked them up more like a, a sandbag. Just had somehow ended up figuring something out with them that other people couldn't. You can see here, uh, Ari Gunnarsson is doing pretty well with them. He just kind of, just kind of manhandled them, um, which I think I was trying to like finesse the barrels a little bit, trying to use a little bit too much technique and not just like manhandle brute strength, like you see Ari there. Uh, I think had I had I done that, just treated it more like a sandbag, like get a hand under it and pick it up and keep the other one up high, then they probably gone a little bit better. Um, I have an ad playing right now, so that. We just saw the first the first group in my heat go. That way, right, right there. So, are you still in an ad or? I'm still in an ad. I'll pause it. It's you and uh, JF. They're showing right now. And yeah, and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of the weird thing with this is that YouTube's not going to play the ads the same for anybody. Well, I actually have the video of this, so... Oh, you're still on that link? Yeah. Were you able to... Did you try to just save the link? Or, like, save the actual video? I guess it expired or something, because every time I hit it, it said, like, uh, trying to connect, make sure yeah, your internet's you... connected, but, of course, my internet's already connected, so... Did you try to save the actual video and then, like, just upload that to Google Drive or something? No, it won't even let me get into the video. Like what I sent you is all I can get. But you, but it's opening for you. No, it's not. Oh. 
At first, I thought it was just mine, but if it doesn't work on yours either, it might have expired. No, so I'm just watching a different link on you on YouTube. So it's got all these fucking commercials that like two minutes of commercials at a time. <laughs> all right, well I'm paused at JF. So whenever. All right, so it, it yeah they're showing Ari right now again. It just came back on. All right. Okay, now it's on me. All right, so back to my heat. Um, I remember being. So super nervous before this event. It's like the first event I've ever done at World Tournament Stand. Um, and I end up in the second heat with two pretty seasoned pros. And like Lawrence, who's one guy, he had just won um, Europe Tournament Stand. He's one guy they're talking about possibly winning World Tournament Stand. Somebody I've seen do it forever. So lots of nerves, which you can kind of see there. I picked that, picked the barrel and drop it. Um, the reason I dropped it was not because I lost my hold of it or anything like that. Because I actually set it right on the fucking hematoma on my leg that I had from the day before, and it hurt so bad I dropped it. So then, end up getting it to the platform, um, and I just couldn't pull it any higher. So I ended up missing it and dropping it. And I remember just like the thought going through my head, like the last thing in the world I wanted to do was pick that barrel up and put it on my leg one more time. Um, but picked it up, loaded it, and then get this second barrel picked up. You know, I didn't. I picked it up, got it off my leg as soon as like as fast as I could, and carried it down. At that point, if I would have just loaded that barrel, I would actually had a pretty good time in the event. Like I would have probably been second or third place in the event overall um, for my heat if I would have just loaded that barrel when I got down there. But couldn't pull it high enough and missed it. And then screwed around with it forever and ended up loading it. So I ended up with two barrels, but time-wise could have been in a lot better shape. Um, so after this event, I, had, I looked at my leg and I had these like huge dinosaur bumps down my right quad because they were like five hematomas basically from my knee all the way up into my groin from where I'd set the barrel, the lip of the barrel on it when I was loading it. Um, I probably made the mistake a lot of guys use had at least one layer of like neoprene shorts on, if not two. And I didn't do that. And I definitely should have done something. I know, I think like um, Belsack actually rolled up uh, a towel and taped it to his leg so he had something to set it on. Um, That's a pretty smart idea. It's <laughs> a great idea. Because <laughs> that, that right there, um, not saying like the outcome would have been that much different than it was, but that was that set me back huge on every event because that was so painful. Um, I, I was having a hard time walking for the entirety of the rest of the time I was there in Botswana. Um, so definitely not something fun to deal with. Um, so yeah, so they're coming up now showing the Hercules holdout as a second event. Again, um, I'd never done anything like this. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into and didn't really have that great a grip. So didn't really know where, you know, how I was going to go. And then you kind of see there, 
a little bit. Um, I got, a, I was like getting pulled off center a little bit. I didn't set up quite right. So I had significantly more weight in my left hand than my right because it was just, the angle was just a little bit different on them. Um, so yeah, I only got about 26 seconds and that's just because it slipped out of my left hand. I, it actually didn't feel that bad. So had I, had I just set up a little bit better, probably would have been in good shape, but it was a cool event to have done. Um, these are the exact, this, this implements the exact same implement that they've used at World Strongest Man forever. So, you know, that's one cool thing about World Strongest Man is if you grow up watching it, um, you get to compete against a lot of the same people that you've seen watching it forever. You get to use a lot of the same implements and things. Um, that might change a little bit just since Rogue has got involved in World Strongest Man and they are, uh, they're bringing in new equipment and building new equipment. So you don't have, you know, necessarily like 10, 15, 20 year old equipment they're shipping around and using. Um, they're bringing in new stuff, which is it's good and bad. In my opinion, it's, it's cool to have like the nostalgia and the history with some of these implements. Um, but it's definitely good to have somebody like rogue getting involved in the sport and bringing some, bringing some, uh, you know, money and new ideas and things to it too. Yeah, like the Pullman's um, wheel and whatnot. Yeah, so like what they do with the Arnold is super cool. But even what they've done at, at World, so they re aren't the Rogue started to get more involved in like 2018. So the third year I was there, and it's what they do is almost just as important behind the scenes because they bring they bring equipment for athletes to use to warm up. So you kind of saw in the intro real quick. Um, Lawrence squatting, warming up, which is like uh, an Olympic bar and what looks like 405 pounds. Well, we'll see it here in a bit. It, <laughs> at World Tournament Man this year, one of the events we had was um, the barrel squat. And we had a total of 485 pounds on a really shitty, whippy Olympic bar that we had to use a forklift as squat stands for. That was all we had to warm up. <laughs> um, so in 2018, Rogue gets involved, and they made a point to bring uh, good bars, squat stands, weights, everything we could need to actually be able to properly warm up. Because that's one thing I don't think a lot of people realize, is that World Smartest Man is notorious for having... Um, very little, if any, warm-up area. The timing of events is all over the place. Um, you might be told you're supposed to do something, at, your group's going to do something at 9 in the morning, it actually happens at noon, stuff like that. So it's nice to have something as simple as just like if you have to squat a bar to squat to warm up with. I'm on a commercial again, so I'm not sure where you're at. They're talking to uh, JF after the hold. Okay, that'll probably be the next thing, but... Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Go for it. All right. All right, so... I think I ended up getting... I don't know. Fifth place in my group on the Hercules hold. Not... Not great. Um, I don't remember what place overall I got on the in the loading race. Um, 
kind of as much of a shit show as it looked like. I actually think I placed fairly well in it, like maybe like third. Um, so points wise, not doing great, but not awful. Like I, like I said, like I had, I wasn't in great great shape. I had a ton of stuff, like personal stuff going on. Um, it it was kind of weird traveling and going all the way to Africa by myself to compete in this contest. I was super light. I was like, I know at some point they talk about um, Stan Carradine being the lightest person there. I'm pretty sure he was like 290, 300, and I was maybe two, like 280 going into this contest. So I don't know where they pulled my weight from, but I was uh, very, very light. Like I had lost a lot of weight. Um, so just <laughs> circumstances, not great, but yeah, so that, I think they bring that up now. They've got the, the truck pull going on. Um, once they get through talking about it, but I do remember this yeah, so event. You were, you were 280 right here. Huh? Yeah, I was, I had lost a lot of weight and like, was like doing everything I could to even get back up to 300 and it was just a struggle. So I was actually, I was, I was commuting, I was commuting every day. So I was losing like an hour and a half, two hours every day. Didn't really have time to cook a whole lot myself, like even on weekends. So I was, I was like eating out like as healthy as I could. Like I would get like multiple meals from certain places to be able to eat and just kind of like all over the place. Like my sleep was garbage. Um, so yeah, but, um, yeah, I remember going into this truck pool event. We kept hearing that. So they, every year they bring at least one person in to kind of test the events. And what we heard is this was on this like sticky asphalt, uh, road out by the airport kind of in Kasane. Um, and what we heard is like with the number of axles in the truck and everything that it was just a beast of a pole that it was hard to get going. It was sticky. Like you get barely get any momentum. Um, I know they always talk about like the weight of a truck for a truck pole or whatever you're pulling, but the weight is only part of the difficulty. You also have to figure in, you know, the road condition, um, how much air is in the tires, how many axles the vehicle has, the more axles it has, the harder it's going to be and the more friction you're going to get on the road. So, so right now what I'm, what I'm watching is they're introducing me. I'm getting ready to pull. Um, the other guys have already kind of gone. So, uh, I was third to last to go in my group. So after me, Lawrence goes and then JF. So I kind of knew where I had to be points wise. I had to be under like 48 seconds, which obviously when you're doing a truck pull, you don't really, keep track of time you're just all you're doing is pulling as hard as you can trying to get get it moving as fast as you can and like for me at least doing a truck pull my motivation has nothing to do with the amount of time or like whatever my time is for placing I just want to pull it as fast as possible if I can be done as fast as possible because there's nothing more miserable you can do than a heavy truck pull like they're just isn't it? um it's just hard but i ended up doing pretty well i got third place in my group so also like i was saying we kept hearing how hard this pull was so um the heats don't necessarily go in order 
and my heat was actually the last to go for the day. Um, so this truck had been sitting out there on a hot road with like sticky tires, a ton of axles. We already heard how hard it was to pull. And the groups that were going before us, it, at least half the group, every group didn't even finish the, the pull. So I think I got third place in my group time-wise. And I think I had the fourth fastest time overall. Um, so just kind of like a weird situation, but it just kind of shows how, how tough the pull is. Like had some pretty good, had some pretty good results in my group. So I think every single person in my group actually finished it. Um, so if you're only watching this heat, it makes it probably look a little bit deceiving with how difficult it was. And then, you know, I did all right. Had kind of shit truck pull form. I don't, I don't have that great a truck pull form anyway, but I actually usually place fairly well um, on the event when I have it. I, I, like, I hate the event. I hate doing it, but I actually like having the event because I do pretty well at it. Um, but then you see here, Lawrence beats my time by about five seconds. And, and let me let me just add in here that in case you're not familiar with Strongman or this is your first time listening to this episode and you're wondering who does my intro, this is this is Lawrence right here. Yeah, Lawrence Lawrence is a great guy. He's been around he's been in Strongman for a long time. He's competed at World Strongest Man like ten or twelve times, something like that. A lot a lot of times. He always does well. Um but he's just a super like down to earth, like really nice guy too. Absolutely. So he's he he's he quickly became you know one of my friends in the strongman world from this contest. Yeah. Um, His wife, she's very nice as well. Yeah. So just just a good person to know, and that's kind of one thing too that I mean, I say it about every chance I get that once you get around like to this level and you're around like all these guys and especially this going into it i had no idea what it was going to be like being around all these people that i'd seen on tv and at this contest and what it was going to be like and you get there and you realize that like you're all pretty much the exact same it doesn't matter where you're from in the world what you do for a living anything like you're all pretty much the same you're there to compete and it is just like this big brotherhood and everybody gets along very very well um, you know, you spend a lot of time, you spend a lot of time not competing because you're only doing one or two events a day. Uh, then you have six events. Um, and then you also have, you know, a day or two before anything even starts that you're there. So you're around these guys for a, a long time over the course of a week or so. So you get to know each other pretty well. But um, I think that's my favorite part of competing at World Strongest Man is just everything outside of the actual contest is just, you know, getting to see all these guys and camaraderie and it's just, it's just a really good time. So, um, yeah, if, if anybody thinks that, it, you know, if you're around anybody competing at World Strongest Man, you're just going to be around all these larger than life people with these huge personalities and they're going to be assholes or whatever. Like you got everything right, except that they're assholes. Like they're all just super nice down to earth people. Um, willing to help everybody out and also willing to willing to talk and um, give insight to the sport to pretty much anyone that wants to listen. But 
Definitely. So anyway, yeah. So that event finished up. I I barely squeaked out third place on it, um, but because the way points were sitting up, that put me in third place overall, and I was only three points behind Lawrence after three events. So doing pretty well, um, but we had to squat and. For sure going into this, I I knew that if I got there and I had to squat, it was going to be one of my weakest events. Um, so then on top of that, like I talked about before with the barrels and everything, my leg was in bad shape. Um, it was really a struggle just to get, get through the events. Like obviously didn't like doing the truck pull didn't really feel it too much while I was doing the truck pull. But for sure felt it after. Um, I was doing everything I could, like putting liniments and rubs on it and icing it and taking more ibuprofen than my liver can handle and everything else. Um, and it just it didn't feel good. It was it was hard to even bend my leg. So I knew going into squatting I didn't feel great about the event anyway. And I knew it was gonna be tough. Um I don't think that they even show me. I think they skip a few people. So right now where I'm at in the video, they're kind of just setting up the lift. Um, and they're going to show Ari Gunnarsson's about to go. So I ended up zeroing the squat. I got about, I think I did I, my first rep. I went down. I touched the stops that they had. And then had like a grade two tear in my left quad. I just, it, I felt a tear and I just dropped. Um, so zero reps. I had been, I was in third place, so actually sitting pretty good points wise. And then, you know, zero, zero in event doesn't work great. So had I even got probably, had I even got like a rep, it would have, would have been a lot better off points wise. Still probably wouldn't have made the finals, but would have felt a lot better about it. And also wouldn't have had now, two bad legs, you know, I, a partial tear in my left quad and then all the hematomas and whatnot on my right leg. My right leg actually felt worse than my left that was torn. Um, so yeah, not a, not, not a great situation to be in halfway through the event. Um, yeah, so they showed Ari, he got three reps. Ari was this guy that I knew nothing about coming into the contest. Um, I'm not really sure how he got invited other than just doing Iceland's Strongest Man, maybe. But from what I learned is he's just like one of those people that he rarely went to the gym because he just wasn't really about it. Um, didn't really put a whole lot into it. Didn't really care. And still makes it the world's strongest man and like does really well. And I don't think he's competed there again. So I think if he he's probably what somebody that if he would have probably put more into it, he probably would have done very well, but just didn't just good genetics and naturally just a really big, strong dude. Um, yeah, I don't think I've seen him since. No, but yeah, so here you see, you know, Lawrence, he knew that I'm pretty sure he knew that no matter what he did, JF was going after him. So he would probably match it or beat it. So he did the smart thing, which um, is something you always want to do in 
and the sport of strongman is do the smart thing. He did four reps that placed him in first place up to JF going. So then JF, you know, he's going now. He's knocking out some reps pretty easy. He knows he has to do four. So you can see he does a little smile at three, knowing he wants to do one more. So he does four reps and just ties Lawrence because he knows that he's also sitting four points ahead of Lawrence. So he still maintains that lead and saves doing one more rep just to get uh, a half point more out of it. Um, And at this point, too, these two, JF and Lawrence, had kind of like already started to set themselves apart from the rest of the the group that they were probably going to make the final already. So, you know, why kill yourself to do what you got to do and get out of there. But yeah, that, that squat lift was an interesting lift that year. Like my group, other than me fared decently injury wise, but a lot of people got hurt. Um, the, the platform we were on wasn't, wasn't quite level. Um, so what was happening is a lot of people were going down and touching one side and not the other. And then they'd be all off level and had like, I think like, I know for sure a torn groin, maybe a hamstring, something with somebody's calf. Like a lot of people got hurt on it, which is why then in 2017, which was my second year, I also had to do that exact same event. But instead of the hard bumpers, they put pads on the bumpers so they were soft. So you could go down and touch and stay relatively level and not like try to bang off of them and get off even more. Um, and, you know, the next year I actually luckily redeemed myself on the event. I got eight reps on it. Well, that, if uh, they'd like to hear more about that, let's remind them that yeah. it's in the archives that we already yeah. did a watch along episode. So, I'm mean, going continue your story, but if they want to see it more in, in detail and get a visual yeah. for it, it's available on the archives, so check it out. Yeah, for sure. Watch, watch that episode or listen to that episode, watch it and watch that on YouTube. But yeah, so I was just saying, like, I, I at least redeemed myself. I felt really good about that. I ate reps on it, um, tied for the win on the event with Nick Bass. So uh, at least felt somewhat good about it, but. Yeah, right now where I'm at in the episode is there kind of talking about Lawrence and all of his injury because he I believe he completely tore his his triceps and maybe a bicep or bulk triceps, something like that, the year before. Um on their I don't remember what they called these things. They're basically single fingers, but they called them something else. And a, this was an event too that that year that a lot of people got hurt on. So yeah, I think Lawrence tore his bicep one bicep and one tricep and then comes is coming back the next year to compete again which coming from from somebody who tore their bicep you know i did i did i tore mine in 2017 came back and competed in 2018 there they're um, it right there yeah i i wasn't in the shape that i i was in 2017 and 2018 i just wasn't um yeah, and then with and then with re-tearing my bicep now, like it, it's impressive that he did that much damage and came back and had he won Europe's strongest man and just that mentality to come back and compete and be that strong and be that good that quickly it's just impressive to me just because I've I've been there and I am there 
um, especially with like having retorn my bicep now, like there, there's going to be a big mental block there too. So, you know, props to Lawrence. He's yeah, definitely a veteran of the sport, but just a super mentally tough guy as, as well. Um, yeah, I remember, I think they're showing right now the, the skinny version of Lawrence. I remember when he, I don't remember when that was, but he, he had lost a lot of weight and wasn't skinny, but he definitely, he improved his body comp a lot. Um, then I think, you know, obviously put some weight back on to compete and whatnot, but. Yeah, um, he's looking pretty lean for a while. Yeah. Right that kind of was a, it was a little bit of a trend in strongman. I guess it kind of is still that you, strongman's gotten away from just being like big and fat, moving weight, which hasn't really just been big fat guys ever, but it, I think it's shifted a lot more. The strength training in general, even a lot of powerlifters, shifted a lot more to guys having more advantageous body composition. Um, a little bit and just being a little bit leaner and whatnot so you can move better you yeah. feel better you recover better um you know me personally i'd rather be have be 330 and 15 percent body fat than 330 and 25 percent body fat like having some extra lean mass is going to do you a lot, a lot of good um so yeah now we're getting into the dumbbell press um it was a hundred kilo dumbbell. It was at this, the setup for it was at this like nature reserve place. Um, so where we competed in Kasane, it, um, it's a huge destination for safaris. Um, so we actually had to walk a little ways to get here. It's just like out in the middle of dirt and again, nowhere to warm up, nothing like that. And then this is, I'm getting ready to go, go against Ari. So, going into this like i'd torn my quad the day before had all those hematomas and stuff on my other on my other leg um so i didn't warm up because i it hurt my legs too much to even try to bend down to pick up the dumbbell and then dip to press it so i basically went into this cold um didn't really expect too much i don't remember at the time i know i was having i was having trouble with dumbbell it wasn't a great event for me. It kind of became a good event for me uh, after this. Um, so I got I got a lot better at it. We just didn't have a great time with it here. I got I got three reps, and then that's about all I had. Um, I really wasn't getting much of leg drive, and uh, circus dumbbell isn't really a pressing event in my opinion. It's more of a, it's more of like a jerk. Um, it's basically just like leg driving positioning to get under the dumbbell. Um, There's no way I was gonna basically press out more than three of those reps. So um, didn't do great. Um, probably would have done better had my legs felt better. But it is what it is. Like I said, I I wasn't really do. I was having trouble with dumbbell anyway. So three reps was actually probably pretty decent for me at the time i think i came back um was it i think it was giants live uh usa 2017 there was a couple con there was a couple contests i did 
they both had a, a dumbbell and it was actually a little bit heavier, it was like 105 kilos. Um, Giants Life USA in 2007, nah, did I do two, I don't, I don't remember if I could be in one of those years, 2017 or 2018, I think it was 2018 actually. I ended up getting like nine reps on it, so it did really well. I don't know, I don't remember what why I was having so much trouble with it, because I was, I was pretty decent at it before. I had, you know, when I got, when I got my pro card at the Arnold in 2015, um, it was a hundred or 105 kilo dumbbell there and did really well on it, but just been struggling. Um, but performance man isn't the, the the greatest time to be struggling with an event and just happened to be for whatever reason. So it is what it is that you could see, um, again, back to Ari just being like kind of naturally, naturally gifted at the sport, like didn't train a whole lot. And he ends up getting what he get six reps on the dumbbell mm-hmm. on a hundred kilo dumbbell. And they, we're, we're all real good looking reps. So then you got JF here. JF's a pretty good presser. I don't think he was as good of a presser here as he is now. And then Lawrence is a pretty good axle presser. Um, obviously not a weak presser by any means, but it's definitely not his strength. So he's kind of struggling. Probably going to get a couple reps. So um, I think he maybe got last on this event in our group. And then then it was like me with three and Stan Karen got four and JF got five and um, Ari got six. And they didn't show him a whole lot, but Mikhail Leek is in this group. He is a, he was and still is just a monster presser. I thought he got eight or nine reps just like easily. So he won this event. Um, yeah, I think, I, I, I don't what know. was it's, it's the, uh, the average temperature going on around this time? So this actually wasn't too bad here. It, it was really sunny, so it was kind of like brutal if you were out in the in the sun for too too long. But it was only like maybe mid 80s. It wasn't super super hot. It was actually pretty comfortable. I mean, like all of our meals and everything we ate outside just in the shade and it was comfortable. So this was actually a pretty, um, pretty favorable location temperature wise and climate wise for world's strongest man. Um, obviously it's super dry. You can see that, but like what they're, they're showing the points right now in the background, you can kind of see like, looks like a big, like walkway deck thing. That was actually one of the resorts that we stayed at. So we were the, the, all the people were split up between two resorts because they couldn't put everybody at one. But that's kind of what it was like. It was this big outdoor areas and you, everybody stayed in your own little like cottage thing you had to walk to. And it was a super cool contest because um, even in the town of Kakane, there was elephants and stuff walking down the street. So you're just <laughs> out out with the wildlife. Um, just hanging out. Yeah, and the, the Chobe River was like right there and so you had like hippos and stuff that would be like 50 yards from your door to your cottage. And nice. uh, the day, the day I left, went on a safari and saw everything. We saw, um, we saw a bunch of lions, which I guess is like, you're not guaranteed anything. Um, so when I was on the flight to come back, I was talking to this couple from Canada. I was like, yeah, I went on safari for like three hours this morning before I you know, got, went to the airport and, 
cyber thing, saw, you know, a couple groups of lions and whatnot. And they were like, what the hell? Like we were here for seven days and all we did was go on safari. And we saw none of that. So, really? Yeah. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, so here they're showing the last event, which was uh, Atlas Stones. They skipped. I went up against Stan Carandine. Um, they skipped us. I... Uh, I I got four stones, so did all right. Missed the fifth stone. Um, I from what I can like recall really well, like it was just it hurt my legs were just gone. Like I had it was like everything I had in me just to get those loaded because I had no leg drive, I had no power in my legs, and like you can see, they're staggered away from the platform. She actually had to walk with them. Um, so. It was a, it was a little bit of a bittersweet end to my first appearance at World Strongest Man. Um, I didn't feel good about it. I didn't feel bad about it, but obviously I wish I could have, I could have and would have done better. But I also just, you know, had a lot, had a lot going against me. So I was, I was pretty happy. I was happy I got there. I was happy I did what I did, um, and you know, enjoyed competing and everything, but didn't feel great about my performance so you know it is what it is but uh, so it, it, I mean, it was a great experience it was it, it's cool to meet all these guys and the, to watch it back too um, I mean even when you even when you talked about doing a, a watch along episode for this year I wasn't like real sure because I was saying, I was like, I think I did really shitty, but actually like watching it all through, I don't, I, I feel pretty decent about how I did considering, um, I think I finished, I finished fourth in my group, um, not anything great or to be super proud of, but not bad. Um, especially considering that I had torn my quad like on the second event, <laughs> wasn't set up for a great contest, but yeah, I had a good time. Got Lawrence and JF here going. Uh, at this point, I don't, I think if either one of them would have just loaded one stone, that's all they had to do to get to the final was just not zero the event. So, you know, they're working their way through it, but that's kind of where you, World Strongest Man keeps trying to do like gimmicky stuff as the last event. And I get it and I don't get it. On some level, I I get it because they're trying to make the last event worth more, um, so that you don't get guys that just don't do it or whatever. But that, they've also actually gotten to the point where if you're in first place before the last event, you don't even have to do it. So it kind of goes both ways. But um, I understand like kind of them kind of trying to do something different because then you get to the point where you're here. Like either one of these guys could have just thrown one stone and walked away. But they also it's, it's a TV show before it's a contest, so they want it to be a show. So trying to bring some something into that but uh, so yeah that's that's pretty much it that's my first world Trials man experience it kind of um it opened my eyes to a lot uh just about the process in general um and it, it doesn't seem like one year of experience should make that big a difference but i i do know like going back in 2017 as not a rookie 
it felt like a totally different experience. I knew what to expect. I knew how to expect things to go. Um, I was just so much more prepared. So it it led to a lot for me, and it it just opened up opened my eyes and it opened a a lot of doors too. So yeah, sitting here now with a torn bicep that I'm like three weeks into recovery that just watching this and whatnot makes me makes me really want to get back so hopefully i'm able to yeah now before we close out this episode why don't you tell us about how was the fan interaction with you guys okay so it was pretty crazy um some of the some of the events you can see some of the fans but they got huge crowds out for some of these events so that the day that we did um the hercules hold it was out it was in the middle of nowhere just like had this like nice scene behind us with the river and whatnot um and it was on a saturday and the town of kasane i think had like two thousand or three thousand people in it and like four thousand people showed up to watch so there was like it's almost like tailgates going on and just these huge crowds. So I, I remember after, after the Hercules hold, they, um, so one of the producers had this little interview area set up and you had to wade through the crowd to get there. Uh, and there were so many people and all of them, all of them wanted to talk to us and take pictures with us and interact with us and whatnot. So it took me like 45 minutes to go like 150 yards because I like I couldn't get through everybody, so um, it was pretty cool because I, I the the people there were super interested in what we, what was going on and they wanted they wanted to come out and watch and and be a part of it. So uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's the next year was also in in Botswana, but it was in uh, Gaborone, however you say it, their capital city. Um, similar experience we got huge crowds so just a lot of interest in that area and I think it's it was probably a lot better location I know a lot of people complain about it being in Botswana for two years in a row but from actually being there myself I totally I totally get why they did it it was actually a great location um, for interaction and and everything because I think it had been in what year was it in LA was it like 2014 yeah, 14. Yeah, so like that year when when it was in LA, like you look at the the video of that in the crowd, and you've got like maybe a hundred, two hundred people out watching, and there 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 just wasn't it didn't look like there there was that much interaction. Where where here you got like the entire village of where was that out watching pretty much everything you're doing. So, and it was also you know I've been a, a decent amount of places in the world like. They're probably some of the um, the friendliest and like most hospitable people I've been around anywhere. Very cool, very cool. Well, I appreciate you here taking a minute and, and uh, watching this episode with us. Like we said earlier, that we have the 2017 Heat Five in the archives. If you want to check that out, it's available on YouTube, and then you can listen along while you're watching it. So once again, I say I appreciate it, Benzel, for taking a minute here, and uh, I'm sure we'll have Yeah, thanks for having me on again.
Yeah, man. I'm sure you'll be on here another time or two. Something yeah. something else coming up. And uh, and until then, if you haven't subscribed to Powerhouse Action Sports, go ahead and do so, and I'll see you then. Powerhouse Action Sports is produced by Powerhouse 1881 Media.